I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. Hey everybody, Casper Schultz here with this part two episode on Lyme disease. Last week we shared Heather's story of battling and ultimately defeating Lyme disease. It was a really honest take and a transparent look at how greatly Lyme disease and the journey to regain health from it can impact an individual. Lyme disease is one of the most complex conditions to treat today. It's multifactorial, multisystemic, hard to diagnose, usually involves lots of co-infections, normally includes things like toxicity as well as emotional and energetic disturbances, and requires a high level of personalization and prioritization to successfully eradicate and restore one's health. Simply put, most of medicine is not equipped to deal with Lyme. That's why we're having Heather on again, but this time not to tell her story as a patient, but as a medical professional. She's in that unique place of now providing specialized care as a well-trained physician assistant at the same clinic that helped her heal, our own New York Center for Innovative Medicine. We'll dive into her best medical advice, the pattern she now sees in patients that she saw in herself, and important information anyone with Lyme disease should know how to ultimately overcome this mysterious and complex illness. This is the story of Healing from Lyme with Heather Lowry, Part 2. So, last time you were here in the hot seat, you gave an amazing story about everything that you went through, your story of Lyme conquering it, the, the whole journey of it. And you're on the other side of it now. I am. You're helping patients now going through. But why do you think that Lyme disease is such a difficult disease to treat? You know, I think... I mean, first off, it's incredibly hard to diagnose, um, so there's one problem. But right. as far as treating it goes, you know, outside of an acute infection in a more chronic phase, you know, anything that's a couple of months to a year or more that someone's been suffering with it, um, it's never just Lyme. You know, it's Lyme and then some. Um, unfortunately, Lyme disease, so Lyme is a, a spirochete bacteria, so it's shaped like a corkscrew. Mm-hmm. Um it is a very stealthy disease or bacteria. Um, so whenever it infects you, um, it has a way of basically, it doesn't just hang out in the bloodstream. It, it infects your white blood cells and it, it drives itself into your connective tissue. Um, it can hide from your immune system. Um, so it's very stealthy, but, and not only that, it actually, I think kind of one of the biggest things is that it wrecks your terrain. So Mm. your terrain being your extracellular environment. So it makes it really unhealthy and toxic. And whenever that happens, it kind of gives ground for, um, for other things to grow, other bad bugs, other opportunistic infections. Um, and it shuts down your immune system. So it just kind of over time shuts down your immune system. But then on top of that, there's all these other, you know, um, virulent bacteria and whatnot that kind of overgrow. So you're not just dealing with Lyme, you're dealing with Lyme and, you know, a sluggish lymphatic system and a lowered immune system and, you know, candida overgrowth Mm -hmm. and co-infections that people sometimes get whenever they, you know, have Lyme disease like Bartonella and Bibesia. So, you know, I feel like it's never, like I said, it's never just Lyme, it's Lyme plus everything else that goes along with it. Um, 
So it's it's complicated to treat. And not only that, we haven't even, you know, like touched on the emotional, spiritual side of that, because with people who have been sick for a really long time, um, you know, it's not just the infection, it's the emotional trauma that comes with that, the poor mindset and the emotional issues that affect how your body functions. So it's it's challenging to treat because it's not just Lyme. It's it's the whole picture. It's always Lyme plus, and it's exactly. always personalized the plus. Yes. And it's it's never just plus one, right? Exactly. It, it, no, it, it's it, this isn't Lyme yeah. and all its friends. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a party. <laughs> it's this a isn't party. a wedding invitation. This is <laughs> exactly. a guest list. Exactly. And exactly. that that is what makes it so difficult. But at the same time, we're, we're normally talking about a lot of co-infections. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you would think that, and you know, it's, it's reasonable to say that antibiotic treatment would mm-hmm. work in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the problem? with antibiotic treatments in so much that some patients that go through it do not get better. So, you know, there's, there's always a time and a place for antibiotics. And I, I definitely believe that, um, antibiotics, the way that they work most of the time, they're best used in an acute setting, um, with fast growing bacteria. So with Lyme, Lyme is actually very slow growing. Um, so that's, that's one problem, but, um, the Lyme can also kind of like going back to it being stealthy, it can hide from the antibiotics. So Lyme can take on different shapes. So Lyme being the Borrelia, it can go from a spirochete form to a sphere form and then hide in the connective tissue. And then when the antibiotics are gone, boom, it's back out doing its thing, wrecking your, wrecking your system and inviting friends. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's hard to treat with antibiotics because of that, but also, I mean, And so a lot of Lyme literate doctors now are kind of getting into, okay, well, we'll throw different antibiotics at at this person and do it long term, which I I understand that mindset for sure. And in some patients that probably like helps them, no doubt. But the problem there is that, I mean, 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut Mm -hmm. and it is highly influenced by the, the microbiome. So those, those bugs that you have living in your gut. When you're taking an antibiotic, you're not just, it's not just like a tailored treatment to that bad bug. It's, it doesn't care. It's, it's unbiased. It goes in, it just wrecks shop on everything. So it's killing the good stuff. It's killing the bad stuff. So long-term antibiotics is not just, you know, killing Lyme, but it's also killing your, your good bugs and therefore damaging your immune system. And, you know, to top it off, antibiotics can be kind of toxic and they're hard on, some of them are hard on the liver, others are hard on the kidneys and so if you have a toxic patient with a lowered immune system coming in, getting treated uh, with heavy antibiotics for long term, you are further increasing their, their toxicity load or their toxins, whatever, um, damaging their immune system. And then are you, are you killing the Lyme? We don't know. Maybe you're just kind of like pushing it away and it's going to come out later. So antibiotics, I think in an acute setting, there's, there's you know, reason to maybe give it and if you catch it at the right time which there's a very small window of opportunity to treat Lyme with with antibiotics but if you can do that that's fine um but it's once it moves past that phase which it often does and it's hard right not not always the best option and I've heard doctors use this analogy that antibiotics are like atom bombs. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just are indiscriminate. They exactly. blow everything up mm-hmm. in your, you know, insides, basically, in your stomach and in these mm-hmm. colonies. And and what's left afterwards are usually the past. Now, usually after an atom bomb, there's some sort of, you know, quiet afterwards, right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's a burden area, burden, and it's just... 
you know, scorched earth in a sense. And, <laughs> and I know a lot of patients say, hey, I took it and I felt better because mm-hmm. everything just kind of calmed down. But right. what comes after the, you know, that settles is usually you have infestation of like cockroaches, rats and things like that after they survive exactly. the atom bomb. And exactly. I, I've heard the doctors say those are, you know, the mm-hmm. co-infections, the Borrelia and others, they come out. And now it's worse than ever. Exactly. Those yeah. survivors are, are awful. I right. Mean, they're, they're there to live and thrive and they will do whatever it takes to take over. And like you said, they're bringing the guest list with them. And now exactly. others come in. And I think exactly. that's why a lot of patients ride the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned mm-hmm. that in the first time we spoke mm-hmm. was was that it is like up and down. You took the antibiotic. It was a little better. But then you cr- came crashing mm-hmm. down after mm-hmm. that because that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You kind of cleared out house a little bit and it's exactly. quiet for a second. But then mm-hmm. they're like, hey it's time to party now mm-hmm. and you're worse off now mm-hmm. you know you have no defenses exactly and and such a huge part of that is just your terrain in general so if you have you know if you're really acidic and you have a lot of toxins and sludge and bad stuff kind of hanging out um, in your environment after you kill off a bunch of bugs, well, the bad ones are going to overgrow because they thrive in that environment. You know, right. you have an acidic environment with all these toxins. They're like, great, this is awesome. Let's, let's overgrow. So you get the overgrowth of the bad stuff. And, and then, yeah, you feel bad again. So we know that, you know, dropping these atom bombs, especially on something that's chronic, that's been there, such as, you know, Borrelia also being a tough one to, mm-hmm. to battle with, with antibiotics is probably not the best case scenario here. And that using a little bit more targeted and personalized approach is. And of course, when you're talking about personalization, you can't tell everyone, well, you have to do this, this, and this, and you'll get better. Exactly. But for everyone listening, what are some of the patterns you've noticed now on the clinical side of things mm-hmm. that patients go through, meaning, you know, are most of them, you mentioned toxicity and mm-hmm. emotional, mm-hmm. How, what are the patterns you're seeing in the treatment protocols that show up that are personalized again, mm-hmm. and there is no one size fits all here, mm-hmm. but what have you seen? You know, I feel like with the majority of Lyme patients that come in, myself included, it, I mean, one of the biggest issues is, like like you said, is kind of detoxing them and cleaning up the environment so they come in with a very high high level of toxicity in their connective tissue due to chronic infection, due to um, emotional, emotional stress, due to, you know, chronic use of antibiotics, that kind of thing. So usually that's kind of one of the biggest things first is to basically go in and do some spring cleaning in the house because I mean you can you can go into a uh, a house and kill roaches all day long but if you don't clean it up like they're going to keep coming back and you're going to have a really hard time getting rid of them right so I think that 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 is a really big thing is just an overall you know toxicity problem but you know unfortunately other than the Lyme, most chronic Lyme patients have at least one or two and then some um, mm-hmm. co-infections. So you're looking at Bartonella, Mycoplasma, uh, Bibesia, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So we see that a lot. Um, and then usually, I mean, there's there's a, a good amount of heavy metal toxicity mm-hmm. too. That's I mean, that's, that's a problem with a, a whole host of our um, patients, but definitely with Lyme patients, which is another issue in and of itself. Um, the emotional component is huge, huge, huge. And I, I think that that's a, a component that a lot of practitioners, like we don't, we don't know how to address it. You don't right. know where to start. Cause we're not really taught that in, I mean, at least in MPA school, we were like, Oh, there's a problem. Go see your psych, go mm-hmm. see your whatever. <laughs> we don't really learn much about the, the profound impact that your emotions have. 
on your body, but even down to like a cellular level, the way that your cells vibrate. So most Lyme patients have high toxic load, lots of co-infections, um, tons of emotional stress. And, and really something interesting that I've noticed uh, in the younger generations, we get a lot of like 20-somethings that come in with Lyme, is they have a loss of purpose too because um, they've been sick for so long mm. and, and have just kind of had to take a step back from life and don't really, I mean, they're just, they're, their sickness is their identity. Mm-hmm. So those things are there. But I mean, other than that, a lot of... Um, you know, gut dysfunction and, and things of that nature. So, so uh, of course there is an important part here, which is detoxification Mm -hmm. and not all detoxification is the same. Of course, people kind of lump that together as infrared sauna. You mean, no, not just that, of course, juice in the morning, right, right. (laughs) Celery juice. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Which is great, which is great. Yes. yes. Yeah. We're not knocking that at all. Uh, but nevertheless, there is a detoxification component Mm -hmm. with any detoxification, especially if you're going through a heavy detoxification, there is possibility for a Herx reaction. Right. And a lot of patients don't know too much about that or are ill-informed about that. Mm-hmm. Could you go into a little bit, especially when if you're speaking to a patient sure. that has experienced some symptoms or doesn't know what mm-hmm. a Herxheimer reaction is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So I think that in that, the word Herxheimer reaction, I feel like that gets thrown around a lot in um, particularly in alternative medicine and, and whatnot, integra- in the integrative world. Mm. Um, and I remember using that phrase all the time at my first job. I worked at an alternative medicine clinic, and I blamed everything on that. Oh, <laughs> I gave you a Diflucan to help your yeast overgrowth, and oh, you're feeling terrible. It's, it's die-off. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's a Herx. It's yeah, a Herx. You're good. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to be fine. So I really, I think I was just naive because I had maybe, you know, one lesson on that in PA school. Right. Like, oh, Herx, and I don't remember. You know, it was probably on my board exam or something. But anyway, a true Herxheimer reaction is actually life-threatening. Yes. Um, I mean, you're talking, so it can make, it can put you into a SIRS, so a system, systemic inflammatory response syndrome that can literally kill you and put you in the hospital. You become hypotensive at something that you see in the ER, that we see in the ER in septic patients. Mm-hmm. Um, or I did see in the ER, sorry. So, so basically a Herxheimer reaction is, it was originally coined, I think, due to like, patients who are being treated for syphilis, I think that's mm. what it was. But it's when you you give a heavy dose of antibiotics to a patient who has whatever infection, syphilis, Lyme disease, um, and you kill all of those, those bacteria. Well, those bacteria release toxins mm-hmm. and they explode essentially. And so you've got like bed, dead bacteria, you know, debris, yeah. toxins, all of these things floating around. Well, if you, sometimes that can overload the system and your body, your immune system is like, what the heck is going on? And it starts doing damage to your organs and they start shutting down and right. then you can die. So <laughs> it's a very, very serious, serious, serious yeah. thing. Yeah. So, you know, and you do have to be careful in treating people who have a very serious infection, like just dumping Mm-hmm. antibiotics not even just antibiotics even natural treatment mm-hmm. at them because you don't want to do that to them obviously and so i think the key there is detoxification cleaning house before you treat whatever infection there is so that you don't throw them into a herxheimer reaction they don't feel absolutely terrible um because if you don't you know get the lymphatic system functioning well again get the guts you know functioning decently well again get the liver up and going get have the kidneys flushing well if those things aren't working well and then you just kill a bunch of bugs you know bad stuff happens but 
So most of the time, I think when, when patients come here and they have, you know, say we give them uh, antimicrobial to help with mm-hmm. Lyme and they feel poorly afterwards, that's not a true Herxheimer reaction because you're not hypotensive in the ER, but <laughs> it is it is a more of a, like you do have some extra toxins floating around and so it's kind of a detox thing where your body needs to get rid of all of that stuff, but it's just getting a little backed up. It's not the end of the world. It's it's okay, but it's not it's not a herx. Right. And thank herx. you for clearing that up because I used to toss that word around too. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, oh, you got a little bit of a headache, fatigue, herx. Don't worry about it. Like <laughs> you're just herxing, you're right? Fine. <laughs> but uh, I was schooled also into yeah. understanding it's a very serious condition, serious. right? And mm-hmm. that's not what you're experiencing if you're symptomatic after a little bit of a detox regimen. Oh yeah, that's no natural means. almost. And again, I understand in Europe, you know, the doctors look for that. They say, ah, oh, it's working. We're getting some yeah. some effect, right? You for want sure. to cause an effect, and when you're mm-hmm. removing things out, again, there's some pain in the change of it. For it's sure. like changing a diet. If you're eating very poorly and go straight into only greens, you may have some abdominal discomfort at first, even though that's healthy for you. The change yeah. is so sudden oh, yeah. that you're not used to it, right? And exactly. things are actually starting to work properly in some ways, but mm-hmm. it's still a change and you're experiencing those changing parts to it. So, Definitely. So we went over that part in the detox and then you, we talk about this personalization of uh, you know antimicrobials. And I do know that a lot of the patients that go through these personalized treatments and comprehensive treatments, whether here or elsewhere, a lot of times they do quite successful in the beginning. They mm-hmm. see some results and there's always an up and down and they'll be told that they have now eliminated a majority, if not all, of the infections and Borrelia itself. Right. Why is it that in most cases, that's not the end of the treatment? Mm -hmm. Can you go into that? Because a lot of people I know say, I'm lying free, start clapping, start drinking champagne, (laughs) and do not go through what is the finish line. And then the party guest list gets back and, you know, and and comes back of, of, yeah, the And you've got another party going on that you don't want. Yes. The wrong kind of party. you know, that is a that is a question that I probably annoyingly asked this clinic five million times whenever I was a patient. Um, I would so killing killing Lyme, while it is, you know, challenging to treat, we do have success at treating Lyme. But that is just a very small portion and in my in my personal opinion is mm-hmm. kind of the easier part mm-hmm. of, of all of this. Um, the true healing and actually becoming symptom free, that that's where the real work begins, I would say. So just because you go in and you, you know, kill a bunch of bugs and whatnot, um, that doesn't mean that like, say you're, we'll do the house analogy since I'm, since I'm on that and I've said that about 5 million times. (laughs) So you go in, um, there's been bugs, it's been infested, Mm -hmm. you kill all those bugs and you're like, oh great, we're, we're going to sweep them out and whatnot. And that's awesome. But there's going to be damage to the house. You know, you're going to have to go in and, you know, repair the windows or, you know, paint or whatever it may be in order to kind of get it back to where it was. So there's a regeneration phase of healing. 
And really, that's that's when people start to feel better is when they've they've killed the lime and now it's time to regenerate. And what that looks like is one time you have to be patient. Yes, um, it takes time to heal. And especially when it comes to, you know, your, your brain um, and your joints, your joints in particular, they don't get good blood supply. So they're going to take a long time to heal. If you're older, mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot more time to regenerate. And there's things that we can do to help speed that process up, no doubt. Um, but people are still symptomatic, even though they don't have the Lyme, because they still have damage to their body. Um, and there's also a really big, you know, psycho-emotional component to that as well. So if you think you're sick and you still think like you're, you're unwell, then you will be unwell. You can literally think yourself well or think yourself sick. So um, I think that that plays a, a really big role. And in my opinion, that's the, that, that is the most challenging as a patient and as, as a practitioner the psycho-emotional healing portion of Lyme or whatever, you know, chronic disease you have that is challenging and hard and it takes time. Um, But we try and, or at least I try and kind of, you know, pound it into patients that, you know, this, you do have to be patient and you have to be, you know, you have to have some grit and you're going to have to keep doing the work and keep, keep, you know, changing your thoughts and, you know, eating well and taking care of yourself because you're regenerating now and your immune system is still a little shaky. It's been sick for, your body's been sick for a long time. It's going to take time to heal. I mean, even I think, and this could be wrong. I can't, I, I think that this is right, but I mean, say that you, you have pneumonia, you're not, you can't have, um, you can't go under anesthesia for a couple of months just mm-hmm. because your lungs are still healing. So mm-hmm. if you've had a complete body infection then why don't we give ourselves time to heal from that and get back to normal before anything else so yeah it's it's hard you don't feel you don't always some people do some people walk out and go man i feel like a million bucks this is great thank you so much and and they're great and yeah i'm so happy for those patients yeah but that is by and large not the majority right and i i think a part of that also is the responsibility switches even heavier at that oh, yeah. point right because it's on you to do when you mm-hmm. get an antimicrobials you sit there of course you got to abide by certain you know sure. health regimen and the diet plan and all of that and you can't be doing certain things but mm-hmm. When it comes to that next part of rebuilding, mm-hmm. a lot of the responsibility lies on the patient, correct? And it is For going sure. to be challenging and it's going to change you. I know one of the things you said through the healing process mm-hmm. was that you change yourself, your mentality, everything needs to change. And that takes time too. Mm-hmm. It's not just about these biochemical things and rebuilding on the physical sense. Right. But it's also actually changing, finding purpose again, all of these things that are part of it that can extend for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Um, is there any one area that you would say patients, that, that is the, the downfall bottleneck, the biggest challenge for patients, for Lyme patients going through treatment? Hmm. Is it the change in emotions? Is it the purpose? Is it devictimizing? Is it getting off the boards? Mm-hmm. Or is it all of it? It's it's kind of all of it, but all of that to me falls in the category of like the psycho-emotional slash spiritual side of things. Right. Hands down that to me, that's always, it always kind of comes back to that. The patients who I see do really well, um, they lose the victim mentality and they kind of take ownership of like, this is my body, this is my health, I can do this. And and they, you know, find spiritual healing or emotional healing and they, they excel and they do awesome. I think we and I I say this like saying that I was very guilty of this. I literally swam in a pool of, you know, self pity for mm-hmm. a really, really long time. But I think as as patients, 
we tend to look at doctors and go, fix me. Yes. You fix me. What are you doing? I'm still not better. Like, fix me when really we should go, okay, what do I, can you help guide me as to what I need to do to heal myself? Mm-hmm. And really that's what this center is all about, which I love is it's, we're not, I mean, do we kill Lyme to an extent? Yes, but really we're just ramping up your immune system and you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Your body's killing Lyme. Your body is healing itself. So I think as patients, we need to, to switch it, like you said, and, and kind of go, all right, this is, I can do this. I, I have the power to heal. My body has everything that it needs in order to heal. They're coaching me. They're coaching me and I'm going to be a good athlete and like I, I can do this. So, but the, the victimization thing is that is huge. And I think that you can kind of get stuck in that. And if you do, then it, it is incredibly hard to heal. Are there any therapies that you credited, uh, you know, more so that you look at here that you just see patients improve on drastically that aren't as available elsewhere? Oh, for sure. Um, some of the, like the neuroemotional technique mm. where, you know, you basically are, um, you know, on a very superficial level, just releasing emotions, trapped emotions that you have that are right. kind of hindering how your your cells are working in particular organs. That's a really, really cool one that I don't think everybody does. And what's, what I, I mean, other clinics might do it, but the way that we figure out, okay, where where is this emotion? At what age did you have it? Um, is through the blood test that, that Dr. Schultz invented. Um, so through that blood test, we can kind of figure out at what age, you know, what emotion, where is the issue, and then help you release that, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, I mean, I, sometimes you can figure that out through muscle testings and things like that, but it's just, it's nice to kind of have a very precise um, diagnosis or whatnot. Um, so we have that. And then the biofeedback, um, biofeedback is huge and there's different forms of biofeedback. Um, but I think that that is something that's really cool. And then there's a lot of, um, kind of energy treatments like the crystal bed that we use to, to, it's kind of a, I don't know that I would call it a spiritual treatment, but it's working on all of your chakras and kind of bringing the flow of energy into balance more or less. But we have a lot of cool treatments like that. Acmos included, um, where you are, you know, working on the, the where everything starts, which is energy, the mm-hmm. way the cells are vibrating, you know, the the vital force of your cells, the the management and um, and you know saving savings accounts of of energy that you have, like that's what all of those therapies are working on, and I think that that that's something that we have here that not everybody not everybody has and some people might have it but i think doing it in the correct order is also huge which yeah is important no i know that lyme is one of those uh diseases that that truly abides by a vicious disease cycle meaning if you can't address all the facets that are allowing it to persist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then you will not have true healing Mm -hmm. and and true resolution of of symptoms and of the disease itself so um, you know, when you look at a disease cycle, a vicious disease cycle, it's really the three sides of it. It's it's the body biochemical, exactly. it's the mental, psycho-emotional, you could say PNEI, HPA, all mm-hmm. of that the falls access, into it. Yes. And then it is your spiritual side, which is more consciousness, information, mm-hmm. membrane, IMP membrane, which you know, Bruce Lipton gets into. Yes. But it, if you just address one, you'll see some result, but the other two don't, and they just cascade back and they just all go in the circle. So exactly. it, it is critical if you're listening to address all three at once mm-hmm. and not go one and also know which one. Sometimes it's this 
this one first and that one, but exactly. it, it's happening at the same time. That I was going to say that addressing all of them is incredibly important, but definitely the order. Sometimes patients need the emotional stuff first. Most of the time that comes later, but sometimes they need, you know, help with, with energy first and then they need to detox and then they do the emotional stuff. So it's definitely, you have to address all of them and you have to do it in the right order. Right. What are some tips or recommendations that you give outside of even just medical treatment when you're seeing a patient and they're struggling and they come in here with Lyme, they're starting. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that, that you kind of, you know, hone in on to sort of say, hey, you know, just do this. It'll be OK. Or any any mm-hmm. piece of advice that you'd give to people in general? Well, definitely it depends on the, the patient sure. um, and what they're going through. But I think... Um, I think one thing that I tell patients, because I told myself this a lot, like I had this reel of positive things going through my head, but sometimes patients get so discouraged, and I remember this feeling, because you get better, and you're like, gosh, this is it, like I'm going to run a half marathon, and I'm getting back out in life, and I'm this is behind me, and now we can finally have that party that yep. I've been wanting, um, and then they dip, mm-hmm. and those old symptoms that they've had creep back up. Yeah. Maybe not in full force, but the, even just like the little, the tinge of it being there is, is terrifying. And mentally that takes you to a really dark place because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's back. None of this worked. I am still sick and I'm never going to get well. And you just kind of give all of these, like I'm use words that I don't like to use, like never and always. And so you get stuck. So, but the good news is, is that you come out of it again. So mm-hmm. what I tell patients is, you know, the road to healing, it's definitely not linear. It's going to be filled with ups and downs. Um, but with time, your threshold will change. So like, say you're going like this, it kind of does this. And I probably said this last time mm-hmm. and you kind of come up. So when you dip down, you have to remember, and my mom always told me that she was like, you got there once you'll get there again. And so that's what, that's what I tell them to tell Very themselves, true. you know, I got there once I'll get there again, I got there once I'll get there again, and it'll be even better. Um, so that's one thing that I, I definitely say, um, And then two, you know, I think when you have symptoms come up, as hard as it is, you cannot dwell on them and Mm -hmm. think about them because then that issue grows, truly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, even on like a quantum physics level, but that's a different topic. Um, So you can go, oh, my knee is hurting again. That stinks. That's unfortunate. But it will get better. And now I'm going to go about my day. Mm -hmm. Um, so not dwelling on whatever issue it is, that's a really big, really big thing. And then, you know, whatever, trying to find joy in some, you know, way in your day, do something that brings you sparks joy as, uh, yeah, exactly. You said that good. I was going to say Marie Kondo, like a true true Texan, Marie Kondo sparks joy, um, But yeah, do something that sparks joy um, or brings you, you know, some type of happiness or whatnot. And those are those are a few things that I say. And that's really on like just kind of mentally gearing up and toughening up and getting through things. Great advice. And sparking joy is all that. And everyone (laughs) should tidy up anyway and and (laughs) get their declutter. Um, Are there any, though, you know, techniques that Mm -hmm. you advise people to practice at home to you know, tap into what you're talking about a little bit to stay positive. It's one thing to mm-hmm. catch yourself in a negative thought pattern mm-hmm. and, and try, but sometimes people need a little bit more. They need a little bit like a technique, whether right. that is 
EFT or some other sort of mm -hmm. pieces, but is there something you found yourself or that you recommend to other patients, techniques they can be practicing at home so that they don't fall into, you know, victimization, all these other things that are very easy and kind of, you know, totally and get out of that. There are a number of them. Um, you know, even something as simple as um, meditating, that's something that right. I started to do for sure. And that just kind of at least helped calm my brain down and not just get flustered with all of these, you know, thoughts and emotions that I was having. Um, there's actually a device that I really like if you, if you're trying to learn how to meditate called Muse. Muse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Muse is really cool. So yeah. I, I initially did that and kind of dipped my feet in learning how to meditate. Um, but then I did a lot of breathing techniques and mm -hmm. there's, there's so many, I, I can probably give you we can link it or something like that well give but, me like your three even or one or two well just i so. i don't even know that i like could tell you the names of them but yeah. i i just practiced for you know five to ten minutes maybe yep. whenever i was struggling i would breathe in for say six seconds mm -hmm. hold it for three and then out for at least eight i always try okay. to breathe out parasympathetic longer. activation exactly right and when you're doing that too i read one time about somebody kind of picturing as you're breathing in you know, light and healing is coming in and you picture it going to all of your cells and then you hold it for a second, just kind of let it resonate. Mm. And then you breathe out like black dust, like right. you're getting rid of toxins. That's good. So as silly as that sounds, it's actually extremely beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. And then, you know, doing some other practices like Ho'oponopono, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, we, I could probably talk about that for a long time, but just kind of if there was a situation or a person or an issue going on um, that really bothered me, I, I still do that literally on my, on my way, on my so way home I. from work <laughs> sometimes, right? Um, if you just see me sitting there going, I forgive you, please forgive me, thank you so much, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that practice is actually um, healing, not even just for you, but for whoever you're, you know, doing yes. it towards, even if it's somebody you like, but you got frustrated. Um, the Ho'oponopono is, is a practice that I use actually even now, um, but started using whenever I was sick. Um, and I'm trying to think of other things that I did. I, I mean, this isn't like a practice that I did at home. All those are free and easy and you can mm -hmm. do them at home. The, actually, the emotional freedom technique, I went through a season where I did that a lot, tapping, which was, yeah. yeah, the tapping, which helped a mm -hmm. lot. Um, so those are them. And then something that I did that wasn't at home, um, just because I lived in Texas and the clinic was here and I, you know, couldn't fly up all the time to do biofeedback, but biofeedback kept popping up on my, you mm. know, evaluation, like that you would really benefit from that. So basically just changing the way I interpret certain stressful things to where they don't stress me out as much. But I actually did something called lens. Okay. The low energy neurofeedback system. So it's not as like interactive as the biofeedback, um, but it definitely helped kind of bring, if you looked at my EEG before and after, mm -hmm. my brain waves were much better, but it helped kind of get my brain functioning back where it needed to. And it really helped with emotional issues in sleep, to be honest. Oh, yeah. So um, those are little tidbits of things that I did on my own um, right. that really helped. Everyone's different, of course. Yeah, totally. And that's the whole thing. You pick it up. And I think just starting a ritual routine and mm -hmm. start simple. You yes. know, people always try and find these most advanced little things and like, you know, and, mm -hmm. and time it out precisely. It's just... Mm -hmm. When you wake up, you know, meditate, right? Mm -hmm. Even if for a few minutes, even if it's just sitting there and breathing in, out, and everything, start there. Research a little bit more and take it there because there are so many things you can be doing oh, outside totally. of the medical office to help you out. 
And I think that's a big part of it is some people yeah. just go in to the medical office, say, this is my only treatment, you know, for the day. And then just go about stressing, staying in that negative thought process, you know, as soon as a symptom comes up, just harboring on it. Yeah. And that, that will not help you. That's, that's diminishing every treatment. Totally. And so I, I think that's, that's great advice. Keep it simple. Go with your own thing and just, you know, just do it. Right. Just go in. Yeah. Yeah. Choose, just choose one thing. I mean, I didn't do all of those things at once. I, yeah. I remember being, I would get easily overwhelmed. Like I feel like a lot of sick patients do. I'm like, how am I supposed to take all these supplements to do this and that? And you want me to eat this way and not eat that? And so I really had to kind of, had to keep things simple because I, my brain, I just couldn't handle it. So I think the first thing that I ever did was when I fell asleep at night, I meant to say this, is I would, I was trying to, to really be grateful for any changes that I saw and for the life that I had. So I would say, okay, every night when I fall, as I'm falling asleep, I'm going to go over five things I'm thankful for, even mm. if I'm pissed while I do it. Like, yep. <laughs> thank you for this house and this comfortable bed as I lay here in my knee braces. Like, <laughs> just kidding. But twins of sarcasm yeah, in there. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure God or the universe, whatever yeah. you believe, was like, that's sort of helping, but not really. <laughs> but doing, choosing one thing to start. And, and usually, I mean, by and large, less is more. Yeah. So don't, you know, do 5 million different things. Choose something, one or two, whatever, and mm -hmm. do those. Less is more. Like you said, keep it simple. Yeah. Uh, sticking on that, less is more. Are there any supplements now that you're done and, you know, personalized? And of course, healing goes on forever, really. But uh -huh. are there any supplements, products, or anything that you continue to use to this day that you found to be beneficial and just kind of, you know, more universal in, in helping you out? Yes. So, well, something that I, I don't, I probably do this a couple times a week, but not even every day, um, is something as simple as oil pulling. Mm. Um, I really like it. I do it. I take, you know, some minerals, I put the oil in and I swish it around for a while and I, you know, finish getting ready and then I spit it out, brush my mm -hmm. teeth and I'm good. So that's doing a lot of different things. For one, it's cleaning my teeth and it's a natural teeth whitener, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also stimulating your lymphatic system, kind of uh, awakening your autonomic nervous system. It's a way to detox and it's cheap yeah. and great. So um, that is something that I love. As far as um, supplements go, I don't take many because um, I think- Which is you, probably a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Because I think people think, uh, you know, that, that you need to use supplements all the time. Yes. Supplements are to supplement your nutrition. If you're not exactly. getting something or if you're stressed under certain situations and, and in an environment that recalls for it, that's where supplements come into play. Definitely. And I think people find it strange when you talk to a medical expert or someone in no, and they're like, I don't really take supplements. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that's a good thing. You shouldn't need them unless there is something that is impacting you. Definitely. Well, and I always thought it was funny in my, in a different practice when, you know, in, in conventional medicine, we'd be like, great, here comes in this patient with a bag of medicine and they set it on the table and we have to look through, you know, the five different, five million different medications they're on. But really <laughs> alternative medicine can be the same thing because instead of <laughs> oh, yeah. prescriptions, they come in and they're like, here's my five million supplements and this Absolutely. is doing this, 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 and this. And you're like, you are supplementing yourself to death. Um, <laughs> so I think as far as supplements go, I mean, a good probiotic, I do do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I pretty much just because of, you know, having stress at work and whatnot and using my brain a lot, I usually take magnesium and selenium, um, just drops liquid. And then what else do I take? 
that's kind of it. That's pretty much it. Except I do do Nativim, and I'm not even just saying that to support you. I love you. it. I do because Plug actually, it. that is, I know, you're, you're welcome. You can, <laughs> you can tip me later for that. But um, that is, of all things, honestly, that's the one supplement that I, that I take that I go, oh, wow, I noticed a difference with that. Yeah. And just because you don't notice a difference with a supplement, you know, I mean, I think the probiotic helps my gut function and whatnot, but um, doesn't mean it's not doing something. But with that, I actually notice. So definitely if I'm you know, didn't get a great night of sleep, I take it in the morning, or if I'm stressed, I take it in the morning and the afternoon. So those are, those are like my mainstays. And then if I'm under a lot of stress, and I can kind of feel myself not doing hot, then I'll do a homeopathic remedy to help with my lymphatic system, just because mm. especially females, when we get stressed, that shuts down. So I'll do that. And then I sometimes will test myself for stuff to see mm-hmm. if I need it. But that's, that's kind of it. Uh, products, though, um, my f- kind of one of my favorite products is uh, that Tilly's mm. device that you put on your phone mm-hmm. um, just to protect you from the you know electromagnetic um, radiation that's coming off of your phone. I think that that's an awesome device just because I've tested it you know before. How does my phone test after I put it on? Oh, it tests really well. So I like that, and I like that it lasts a long time and it's not doesn't break the bank. But yeah. Outside of outside of that, I try and keep it simple. Right, which yeah. is which is always advice I think that everyone should take into it. Simplicity is key to a lot of these things. Don't overcomplicate it. Right. I really find it interesting your supplement regimen. The supplements you are using are basically based on the human's body, you know, inability to get out of certain situations. So even the NAD depletion, right? <laughs> it's just you, you can't really. There's there's no way around that. Meaning mm-hmm. electromagnetic general toxicity all depletes it exactly. at an exponential rate. And even the probiotics, we can't get away that our food supply is totally changed. Yeah. It's not what it used to be. Organic mm-hmm. isn't even organic anymore. Sometimes you right. don't know what's what. And there are so many additives that is going to start to, you know, change your flora mm-hmm. and, and the and add to dysbiosis. So those are kind of the pieces you can't get away unless you lived in a cave, I will say. Yes. So exactly. those are supplements that, that to me sort of make sense. And I echo mm-hmm. those sentiments. That, that's mm-hmm. the ones I usually turn to on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think most people can turn to those. But outside of that, I think is really about knowing your body, correct? Oh, kind of understanding. And especially, I would, I would say, because I've spoken to a lot of Lyme patients, you can't push too hard. Oh, yeah. Even when you're done in years out. Mm-hmm. Like we said, it's always a healing process. Mm-hmm. If you could get to 100%, that's great. But a lot of times you won't. It's, yeah. it's you know, after a war again, and that's kind of what you went through. Yep. Is it ever truly the same? You know, you mm-hmm. still have these, you know, World War II lingering effects, you know. Exactly. All these this time later. And, and it's the same for the human body. It's not to say that you won't be feeling great. Mm-hmm. and, and But mm-hmm. I think you have to be more in tune with your body and, and kind of, you know, self-adjust and, and correct as soon as things start to go a, you know a little bit off do you agree with that do you oh, find yeah. yourself always kind of a little bit looking and trying to tune in a little bit more oh definitely and i i will say that you know at first especially the first year i had to do that way more mm-hmm. um just because my you know your immune system typically during the first year is just still kind of trying to figure itself out um so the first year I had to do that more. And now, I mean, it gets easier and easier because I feel like I keep reaching new levels of healing, which is great. I mean, I'm healthy and fine. But um, yeah, and, and I would say now even I'm much more in tune with my body and kind of know just having been sick when when things are 
starting to be sluggish and when I need to, you know, give myself a little extra TLC. So yeah, definitely. And there's, and with, with Lyme patients in particular, yeah, if you've had an infection for 20 years, you can't expect to have, you know, a couple antimicrobials and detoxify and then wham, bam, you're spring chicken again. Like it doesn't work like that. We can get you to feeling great. Um, but the healing is gonna, it, it's, it's a process and right. it's a, it's a journey. It is a journey. Yeah. So be patient with yourself and definitely, you know, you need to know when, oh, I probably need to get some more sleep or maybe I need to cut down on the wine or, right. you know, <laughs> speaking for myself, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you do. You have to know when to, to tune in and, and make, you know, little tweaks here and there and make sure everything's still right. good. And that's the thing, I, I, you know, we're speaking about Lyme disease, but I always say Lyme disease is just, you know, one of so many other diseases, right? Oh, yeah. it's, it's not that we, you know, only look at Lyme disease and say that. I think all diseases are complex this day and age. I think they're multifactorial. Lyme just happens to be a great, great interpretation of, of you know, all that is going on with, with dysfunction and disease. But anyone, you know, going through any sort of ailment, Oh, yeah. It's it's one of the biggest things is listen to your body, mm-hmm. right? Adjust mm-hmm. and and rest when you need to. Yeah. Don't burn the midnight oil. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple, right? Mm-hmm. And um, address things in in you know the the uh, way they come to you. So it, it's really about all of these things, and it goes way beyond Lyme disease. Oh yeah, for sure. Are there any uh, parting words you'd like to leave with anyone going through anything chronic or Lyme or anything that you could? Um, bestow some wisdom upon you know I think I meant to say this earlier I'll say two things the first one I feel like if you have been in the alternative medicine world for a while as a patient you freak out about diet you're like tell me exactly what I need to eat am I keto (laughs) am I paleo am I vegan am I vegetarian you know am I whatever it may be um so because I feel like I get asked this question a lot so I will toss this out there I think that when when patients are going through you know the detox process for say you know however long it is six to eight weeks something like that even if it's just oral supplementation it is more important to be strict on avoiding too much meat and really avoiding meat in general and dairy products and things like that because it will make your GI tract sluggish, it's hard on your pancreas, it's hard on your, um, actually kind of makes your lymphatic system sluggish, mm-hmm. all of the above, and you need all that moving and shaking so that things can get out. Um, but after you've come out of that, you know, people still think, well, I need to be vegan all the time. Um, but you, it, it's just, diet is such an interesting thing for, even when I listen to podcasts now, everybody's like so convinced that their way is it. Right. Um, but I think that I think it was Michael Pollan that said that said this beautifully, and I think that this would be my words of advice mm-hmm. for pa- Lyme patients or whatever patient out there that is like, well, what in the world am I supposed to eat? Um, and he says, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Simple. Simple. So eat real food. Mm-hmm. Don't eat too much because it's hard on your your gut. It's hard on your liver, your pancreas, all of the above, and mostly plants. Yeah. So, that's great That's, advice. I mean, and, and, you know, it echoes what we tell people, of course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is that, you know, eat food, not products. Yeah. Products are things on shelves and boxes <laughs> that have multiple ingredients. Food not, doesn't have ingredients. It is the ingredient, right? <laughs> exactly. Not cookies like your dad always said. <laughs> yes. not, that's not food. <laughs> and, uh, you know, put quality first. Yeah. I will say, like, what's your diet? It's quality. Mm-hmm. And enjoy it. 
Yeah. Oh, like enjoy it, and don't. Right? Stop, stop feeling so guilty. Yes. <laughs> Even if food. you're having a bowl of ice cream, you need yeah. to picture that bowl healing your body. Absolutely. And that'll so. do you so much better than being negative about the celery juice you're having in the morning. <laughs> Exactly. That is so right? salty. Yes. I know. Yes. I know. It's I'm so going to get all the medical medium people pissed off. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I love I, the celery juice. I think it's genius. It's just when you put such a focus and stress into it yes. sometimes, and it is like, I need to get this done, and I'm in a rush yeah. and chugging <gasps> your celery yeah. juice, that's <laughs> not good. Exactly. Even though exactly. it's a good thing for you, it's not good how you're doing it. Yeah. And, and I that's even a big part of it. I think the medical medium would agree with that statement. So I hope you're not, so. you're not going to be. We'll have him on next week. So. Okay. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> I actually would love to meet him. I read the book. Love it. Let's do it. Um, well, yeah. Heather, thank you so much. That yeah. was great. I mean, we heard your story first and it definitely touched hearts, I think. And it was really, really, um, you know, poignant for a lot of people going through any sort of pain in a chronic. And now here you are just sharing, you know, the medical knowledge to help people out and take actions themselves. So thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure. And I will leave it with whoever is sick out there. The one thing that I would say is don't lose hope ever because there's always hope for healing and always hope for getting better. Always hope. Always hope. Hope is the answer. It is. Whether it's coronavirus, Crohn's or Lyme disease, people are always looking for that one thing that will cure them. But as Heather showed us on this episode, there is no one thing. There is no protocol and there is no cure. Everything we need to combat Lyme, as is with most conditions, is already within us. But most of us will require some highly specific and comprehensive help. There's so much you can be doing as a Lyme patient or a patient of any complex or chronic condition that can improve your chances at recovery and guide yourself back to health. But it takes work and it takes time. Nevertheless, I'm a firm believer that the work Heather, the entire team at NYCIM, as well as many other pioneering medical practices are doing, are showing us the way to help many others finally heal from Lyme. If you're struggling with Lyme and related protocols, feel free to reach out to myself or Heather through social media, handles at Innovative Medicine, or visit InnovativeMedicine.com and drop us a line through the contact page there. Till next time, stay happy and healthy and continue writing your own healing story.